Raph, I can honestly say I've never been more excited in my life that I do a podcast about MMA and don't do MMA because yeah. last night's UFC 189 was brutal. Which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Uh, very good, and I have an announcement, uh, yes. an official podcast announcement. What is quick. that official podcast announcement? Uh, this episode is brought to you in part by Guinness. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yes. Officially uh, or just unofficially no, because they're sponsoring um, everything that's happened over the last 72 hours? That is correct. It's on the unofficial. Um, wow. We uh, basically – all of the events that happened this weekend are due in part to Guinness and sure. also to uh, whiskey, but we couldn't get <laughs> a whiskey. There was no – whiskey representative that could answer the phone or physically not today speak. no so problems you know what are you gonna do yep. what are you gonna do hey not, were not you were you shocked no were you shocked when you saw conor mcgregor lift up the belt no i was not uh i bet on him so did i yeah i know you you did the right thing and this is very odd for you because you don't always do that <laughs> but uh it was and it honestly I will be very forthcoming to you. Go for it. And you, you do this too when you do over under Kevin, when you commit to a pick, mm -hmm. right? You feel a little before, ownership in it. You feel a little bit more in it. Absolutely. But you, you make the pick and then you see an event backstage where the fighter who has been rumored by Chael Sonnen of all people to cut somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 plus pounds in a week's time, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you see that. Chael would then, know. Well, I mean, Chael, everything he says is right front page news. Obviously, yeah. it's truth. You believe it. So when you see a skeleton like Conor McGregor, who some people called a crack addict because he just looked terrible, get into an interaction with Uriah Faber and it looks a little weird. Like, did you see what the the – thing looked like i saw the video i just kind of i didn't want it to be in my head and it seemed a little fake to me so i didn't even want to watch it why did it seem fake to you because the whole concept of fighters of the that caliber getting in a fight two seconds is like hearing to me about lebron james and steph curry getting into a fight outside the arena it's like no they wouldn't yes well They're here's the weird part dumb. about that well, apparently, but yeah, I love the fact that it felt like a, uh, a you WWE. This, you okay with this being real, or do you have a little sentiment of like, maybe, Kevin? Maybe. I'll explain why I feel the way I feel. Mm. Here's what happened. It had a WWE-esque element to it. Like, meanwhile, backstage. Shitty footage. And, yeah, you know, that kind of handheld footage. So the very first thing, for those who haven't seen the footage, and if you haven't, I don't know how, but... Uh, basically, Conor McGregor sees Uriah Faber. So he sees him, and he's this is right after the weigh-in, so he looks a little, little, little skinny and a little downbeaten, if you would, from the weight cut. It looks like it's taken some toll on him. And then he goes and ruffles Uriah's hair, which prompts Uriah to then put his hands on his stomach, which is kind of a, hey, you're tussling my hair. Look at how skinny you are kind it's of thing. It's also one-fifth of the way to the Macarena. <laughs> yes, if you are being precise. So now it looks like they have some kind of beef and they're kind of now jostling. And Uriah goes for an arm drag, 
but uh, you know, Connor <laughs> looks like he's doing the arm drag. <laughs> it looks like at the same point doesn't know the rearm drag. So everybody's making fun of this. And if you needed any better evidence of, uh oh, is this wrestling going to be okay? That was it. So that was the time when I started to question my pick because I picked very publicly against Tim Kennedy that I was going to bet on the evasive nature of Conor McGregor. And who did TK take? What's that? Who did Tim Kennedy take? Uh, Tim was betting safe. He was betting on the wrestling of uh, Chad Mendes. Oh. What a rookie mistake from Tim Kennedy. Oh, you heard it here, Verbal Tap fans. Tim Kennedy being a real safe picker. That's yes. what I think when I think Tim Kennedy. He's just not a guy that understands the extreme road, and that's fine. Yes. It's not and for everyone. Some people need to take the you. safe road, Raph, and that's where yeah. Tim Kennedy Jesus. will be your travel guide. You're going to have a very large man coming after you very soon. <laughs> Who's deadly. And, uh, you know, Tim was nice enough to play uh, a betting line with me on uh, an article I do for First Slice. And it was a lot of fun, but it was that one moment where I go, oh, shit, that wrestling was really bad. And he's had time to work for a wrestler, but maybe he's tired. And uh. But then I started thinking this, Kevin, because obviously we all kind of sided with Uriah on that one, which is, oh, man, why did he do that? And Uriah releases a video where he just said, oh, man, I don't even know why he did that. He felt like he was a junior high girl with that wrestling. So there it is. Oh, the ultimate insult. You like a junior high girl. You do right. cheerleading. But then, Kev, what? Uh, even though I had Uriah's back in this field hockey, whatever you want to do, just, you know, you have Uriah's back because he was the one who had his hair tussled by Conor McGregor. So you would think Conor would start it. But then you have to think, how pretty is Uriah's hair? That is a good question. And was it ugly enough that he should have been upset? Maybe we're thinking about this completely the wrong way. Maybe. Because then I started thinking, you know what? Man, I think people have been known to get lost in Uriah's hair. So I think they just ended up wanting to touch it. Like, my God. Golden locks. (laughs) Maybe it was a giant misunderstanding. It was like, well, now that I'm near it, must touch. So anyway, that was the initial thing. It looked like a WWE segment. And as a longtime viewer, I can tell you, I know when I see a segment like that. So that's, that's what it felt like, Kevin. Time viewer. I'm just saying, In Kevin, case I, you folks out there didn't know, Raph Esparza, a big fan of the professional wrestling. I'm just saying, Kev, I am a good producer and I know what different types of things get produced. That's that true. You do. Can I 100%. tell you something vile Andrew told me? What's that? So I was asking him, I was like, have you ever really refed a match that's bloody? He's like, yeah. And <laughs> it smells. I was like, oh, wait. Because those matches, and it was a bloody night overall. Yeah. Like yes. just on the par, more blood was shed than normally in the UFC cage. I was having one of those moments where it was like, oh, God, you're telling me it smells. I almost vomited at one point when I fucking saw Lawler turn around with authority. It was like, oh, no. Were you entertained by the fights, though? This was a big thing that we got by everybody. So you were happy with the way everything went, right? Oh, I had a blast. Those last two fights were really spectacular. And those are the things that live on forever because you do credit uh, Robbie Lawler for implementing a pretty good strategy, getting caught and understandably to Robbie Lawler who has a lot of impact to his punches and is a deadly guy in his own right. 
Um, do you fear for his nose, though? I fear for his nose, and I fear for like it happened in the it happened in the a the two first. fight because the same thing happened to Mendez. All of a sudden, he just got hit with again to the body, and it was like you could tell he was injured. He was injured, and he was trying to fight, and it was the same with. McDonald, and to Rory's defense, he nearly got away with it, Raph. Like, he, he nearly did. knocked him the fuck out. Let's take a moment for Chad Mendez. Out. I wanted to put this out there, Kevin. I don't know where you felt. But with Chad Mendez, did you feel that maybe, and this is conspiracy theory, maybe he was injured? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't know that Going he was injured before he came into the fight. But I know okay. he got kicked or something happened to his rib, and maybe it happened before the fight. I mean, you know, he would have fought anyway. Because there was definitely a number of people who – it was split because he just looked a little tepid. He got that first takedown and you would think he has all the confidence in the world and then he started to slow down. So you could make the argument that Connor was so precise and that was something that Chad put up in the uh, post presser that he was saying that you know his biggest mistake was he felt like he was controlling the first two rounds and then he went for a submission that was risky and they love a team alpha male. The guillotine. So it seemed like it was only natural to go for that, but Connor had the best answer for it. Now, the question I'm going to ask you, Kev, is did you see Chad controlling that fight for the majority of the time? I wouldn't necessarily say controlling because Connor was really doing some shit. That spinning back kick is brutal, man. That was what I enjoyed about it. I felt like I watched someone do something that I hadn't necessarily seen. Like it was almost a John Jones type dominance in how he was able to cut him off and keep him segmented at certain portions. I was certainly impressed by the takedowns of Chad Mendez. I don't think anyone fuck that guy. That guy has a shot. Like he has like a, that Justin Raider sort of popped out of a cannon. <laughs> Like, why is he so low to the ground and moving so fast? I don't understand. I think a lot of people were wondering why he wasn't, I don't know, doing more. Maybe it was he was pacing himself. Maybe it was that two-week camp. Uh, one thing I did pose to in his favor was, you know, what if he did have a six-week camp going into it? I think it does change a little bit. And that's not to discredit Connor because he had two weeks for this opponent too. But we had a lot of people who felt very strongly on our Facebook page telling us a number of things of how they felt between Chad Mendes and Connor McGregor. Uh, did you happen to see any of this? I didn't see most of it, no. It's a little rough, Kev, because people feel, um, what's the word? Uh, vocal? Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and read you a couple of the responses. And then we actually did another fun game, which was we asked some of our friends online to describe the fight in three words again. So we'll read a couple hey. of those in a second. Um, here was a note uh, from Severino Woods. What? Sorry, dude, if I butchered your name. Yeah, it's his name. Look at it. I'm I will just, send you what it is. You, just, you know how to yeah. read way better than I do. Yes. I didn't get a Severino, degree in reading. <laughs> Severino put, uh, took the fight on two weeks' notice. I want to see this fight uh, when Mendez has a full training camp. Mendez was gassed by the end of the first round. No normal bounce in his step. Okay. Uh, this is then what Miguel Tulsa, who's one of the people I train with out here at Valley Martial Arts Center, he said, I look forward to seeing how his whining to the ref game plan goes over the next time he's up against one that's gone through a full training camp. Kev, what's your response to that? Uh, you know, it's not like he wanted to go against someone that hadn't been through a full training camp, so shut up. 
Okay, but think about that though. Was there a moment when you saw Conor McGregor asking the ref to stand them up that you thought was a little odd? I yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it's like there was you, a moment when I thought they deflated the balls. It was a little odd. Like, yeah, <laughs> athletes do weird shit when they're trying to win. <laughs> it's also, you know, when you're looking at it, did you think that Connor was grow- throwing some suspect elbows that looked a little illegal? No, more so than I thought he was getting poked in the face that were a little illegal. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, people felt really, really yeah, strong. I like that. I like when I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, you know, sometimes you make a counterpoint that is indicative of how our fans feel. And that's what we want to do. We want to voice those things. Uh, so, Kev, do you want to read some of the the notes that we got so far? I absolutely would love to. I've got absolutely. one at the top okay. uh, that says, suck it, haters. That one comes from Brian Singer. That was great. Wonderful training partner. Thank you, Brian. Uh, this one was from Todd Schaefer. It was pot o meh. Okay. Uh, I do think Josephine Huang, we want Aldo, is probably a really great three. Like if ESPN or whoever was in charge of getting the quote, that's a good one. Uh, our good friend Andrew Correa wrote Oba Arm Drags. Okay. <laughs> Insinuating, do I think, a little bit more of the behind-the-scenes action. What's going on too here? Mm-hmm. Now that you know Kevin, yeah, the more you know. Everyone's in. There. Uh, I like <laughs> Kev- Ricky Haywoods. Yeah, I was about to say. Do you mind reading that one? Ricky Haywood says Connor is legit. Ooh, yeah, uh, I like that. He's right. Well, I th- He's right. I think the weird part is it was written right after our good friend Ruben Avalia put. He was legit? Question mark. <laughs> it does have a weird. Uh, Kyle, I always, I always love these people. Like, didn't watch it. It's like, <laughs> I missed it. Fuck. I was busy. Yes. That was a pretty good one. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Your <laughs> lovely wife. Mm-hmm. I think has a really good, a really good critique for this. Way yep. too much. This yep. <laughs> is such a fantastic. She uh, she puts that up, and I look at her and I go, "Did you just write on the prompt we put?" She's like, "Yeah, it's the only way I'll make the podcast." I was like, "You know, you have an open invite to be on the podcast," and she goes, "Yeah, way too much." I go, "What do you mean by that?" She goes, "Babe, just everything, like the light <laughs> show, the Sinead O'Connor, yeah, the Sinead the O'Connor Conor McGregor I thing." Agree with her. The world the Irish tour. people chanting the, the world, world tour. tour. The drag redrag bullshit. Like, and I go, you make a very valid point. You said a lot in three words. And she was like, thank you. So we respect the way she played the game. And Kev, what was the last one? Uh, do I get to say it? I get to. Yeah, it was in quotations. Well, fuck me. My goodness, people, <laughs> you definitely felt a certain way. So uh, our thanks to everybody for submitting those in. Kev, I think it's come to the time now where we should reveal. Can I also who, say they who? nailed it? Like they nailed they did. it. Our fans are smart. They we, nailed we must it. Always give them credit. Like they, everybody had – there was some dynamite because uh, your wife I, – I agree. Too much. All of it. And that's what happens because the whole Aldo World Tour – but also, Connor is legit. Like, there's some good stuff here. <laughs> Behind the scenes, great. Takes the whole thing. It's good stuff. So, Kev, uh, are you ready to hear the coaches 
for this year's Ultimate Fighter Season 22. Absolutely. All right, Kev. I am going to do this right now. I'm going to send you a photo. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for it? Uh, absolutely, I'm ready for it. Okay. Who do you think the coaches would be if you were to just make a guess? I would honestly. Mm. You got to go someplace like in a cool direction. So, like, Lawler Hendricks. Okay. I want you to look at the link I just sent you right now. Okay. Oh, are you fucking joking? <laughs> it's going to be McGregor versus Faber? Is Aldo out that long? What are we doing here? Who's fighting? So Dana, yeah, so Dana made an appearance right now. We're actually recording this as uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale is going on. So we have a little bit of notes on that. Not too much. But um, <laughs> the weird part about it is Dana comes out and John Anik goes, We are so delighted to have Dana White come out and we are graced with his presence, which uh, too much. But then he goes, Dana, now you're, you're here to tell us who we can expect to see as the next coaches for the ultimate fighter. And who do you think Dana turns and looks to? And he, he just goes, <laughs> no, he just looks at the camera and, you know, Dana's just kind of like, yeah, you know, we're definitely coming off a huge fucking week where a lot of fucking thing happens. And, uh, you know, we're fucking elated, but the next coaches are going to be fucking Conor McGregor and Uriah fucking Faber. So, yeah. And I just want to fucking put it out there. They're not fighting. So, fuck those guys. Wait, what do you mean uh, they're not fighting? They're not going to fight. So, they're just going to coach. It's going to be eight fighters from the UK, eight fighters from the USA. I believe it'll probably be in Vegas, but I couldn't confirm or deny any of that. But my question to you, Kevin, especially, especially in how we opened up the show. Do you think that segment was staged now? Fuck yes, I think it was staged now. What a stupid fucking... Look at the guy's face of the picture you sent me. It's just like pure... I didn't know this was going to happen. Shit-eating grin. like Shit-eating oh. grin. Look at the two of them look excited. Mm-hmm. Like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those moments where you say, Oh, fuck you, UFC. I knew you were up to something, and I wasn't even sure this was it. But now that you're telling me this, with that Uriah Faber, oh, we just oh happened to have a film crew. What? They happened to film us. What are the odds? Bullshit. So, guys, good luck with your top this rating. Is ridiculous. This is, I'm really this is, genuinely outraged, ref. Not genuinely. I'm sorry. But, you know, mildly like, significant. I understand. The, the most that you can muster up. Yeah, but I'm like the, a four- this is what I knew I had to like withhold from telling Kevin off air. I was like, do you know who the coaches are? He goes, no, I go, well, <laughs> I hate your journalistic integrity. Prepare to be amazed. So here's the good news. And this is the one thing I thought giant Anik really uh, got off the charts with was, you know, sometimes when you're doing commentary, I mean, we obviously know this, we do podcasts. We're of the brethren, but you just let your inner monologue say more than you want it to. Yeah. Oh, been uh, there. Uh huh. Well, this is at the point where he just goes, you know, Dana, Conor McGregor's been a huge, huge ratings draw. So you have to give him that. And you go, no, no, no. That's the stuff you think on the inside. You don't say that. That's the whole reason we're putting him on here so we can have a major ratings coup. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the ultimate fighters, the ratings go, we want him to go. So 
Oh, God, shut up, Anik. <laughs> so well, that was a very odd one moment. We need to talk to Joey about who won in our matchup because we, we haven't told the world. We have not. We also need to talk to a surprise on-the-ground correspondent. <laughs> yes. As uh, my wonderful booking so allows us to do. I don't need somebody. I was just what? having a little razz with you. <laughs> what, Kevin? Tell nothing. me. I, no, tell nothing. the viewers. Tell the listeners. What no, listeners. I was just getting Rav's blood pressure before the match, which we are prone to do before the podcast. One of us will spur the other one. I was just having a little fun with him about how uh, terrible he books the show. With <laughs> all of our guests. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely been our show's Achilles. But at least heel. I didn't admit this until after I picked a fight with Tim Kennedy. So guys, don't worry. I'm going to get what I get. I'll get my comeuppance. Don't worry. I just, you know, Kev, I try to bring home. I'll walk out and some podcast. gal will just drop Sayunagi me. And I'm like, oh, I do jujitsu. It's like, I know. I, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> I, I got it. Ow. Yeah. Well, Kev, um... You know, I'm not going to say you're going to get your comeuppance, but you will get your comeuppance. Uh, but we have a lot of good show for you guys today. So that'll do it for our kind of mini coverage of the early part of UFC Woo! 189. We're going to break it down in multiple different levels. So stick around. We'll do that next. Blood smells. Oh, yeah, that's gross. So where we left off last week, it was over under Kevin with uh, Kevin, of course, who's yeah, still yeah. a part of this podcast, obviously. And uh, we also had our good friend Joey House, and Joey is with us again today. Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? Not bad. You know, we, we had a good night of fights. I know you weren't able to watch some of them, so that's totally okay. But And we know you're busy. Uh, what has been going on at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club this week? Nothing. Well, we've been just doing more seminars more uh, open mat. We actually had a, it's called Biosynastica. It's, uh, if you ever listen to the Hicks and Gracie podcast on the Joe Rogan experience, he talks about how he met with uh, Orlando Connie and how Orlando Connie had him doing all these breathing exercises and animal movements and how like basically fiction was able to discover the secrets of the universe through that. Well, we actually had a seminar with one of Orlando Connie's uh, disciples. His name was Marcelo Barros from uh, Brazil, and he took us on an amazing seminar where we learned some great breathing techniques and great movement skills, and it was an amazing time that happened on Wednesday. And so, yeah, we've just been doing... Let me tell you this, Joey. You had me at Hickson. Yeah, exactly. was, you didn't need to say another word. I was also yeah, I was just like, just what are you guys doing? And, and Kev, I don't know if you saw this, but a lot of our friends went to it uh, yeah. the past couple days. I and see everything the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. That's where my jealousy you? comes from. It, my scorn comes from pure jealousy. I just want to be living there <laughs> and that be my job. Is that possible? No. Okay. But uh, no, and, and it sounded great. Everybody that I was talking to uh, spoke very, very highly of it. So I was glad to see you guys had a great turnout for that and, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff that has been going on. And did we ever get resolution as to when Samir is doing his seminar? You've had a week. Yeah, it, it is, in fact, July 26th. And we also have another seminar on August 1st. It will be Christina Barlon 
and she will be doing, I believe, two seminars uh, that Saturday and Sunday. Wow, so, that's yeah, pretty sick. Premiere. Well, very good. I'm glad you were able to get your shit together and remember what's going on at your own club. Uh, Joey, uh, do you know the results, though? I know you didn't get to watch it, but do you know how you did on Over Under Kevin? I know I was wrong about the Conor McGregor-Chad Mendes fight. Yeah. And I know I was right about the Robbie Lawler and uh, Roy McDonald fight. So I know I'm at least one and one. Okay. of it. That's not bad out of 11 fights. You should probably... I don't think I picked McDonald either, though. Just as ends up. Okay. Okay, so at least I got one right. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that positive Kevin, attitude is probably reflective of his jiu-jitsu. It's very it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> like, Kevin, same question way. over to you. I mean, I don't always know how I've done, Raph. I just know I've done good. Well, yeah. it would actually be done well, but you don't really know that word. I don't think people even... In grade school, told you that kind of correction because they're like, when is Kevin ever going to do well? Let's be real. He can say he does good. Um, Guys, I do have the results. uh, But before we reveal what they are, I just wanted to ask, what was the wager you guys put? It was basically like an East Coast versus West Coast condemnation (laughs) video essing on your own turf's jujitsu skills. Okay. I believe that. Correct. That is uh, what the wager was. He believes that's correct. <laughs> believe that's that's correct. He says it so politely. <laughs> Joey is checking a printed out copy of the contract just none of so us the ever signed. Knows <laughs> Joey lives in a good looking bubble. He's just lived there for a long time, so people have never you know talked to him in like a direct manner. So just mm. you know take that into consideration. Well, again, before we reveal the results, even though uh, we don't know who's won yet. Uh, what, Kevin, would you say is bad about the L.A. jiu-jitsu scene I mean, uh, if you were to record as Joey because that would have been what he would have to do if he lost? I mean I would start with the pure absurdity of all the butt scooting and what a, what a slap in the face it's been to the self-defense aspects <laughs> of the art. And that I think he should apologize for the Baron Bolo. Just apologize for it so we can all move on. That way everybody's good. And explain that the Gi is the superior jiu-jitsu strategy. And that we should just, you know, return it to its its roots. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And just not be too crafty out there in L.A. Fantastic, Kevin. That was a waste of 40 seconds. The same question (laughs) over to you, Joey. Well, basically, I would just talk about how, you know, how could you, how could you possibly train as well as you can without, without this nice weather, and also the fact that, I don't know, just about every jiu-jitsu legend, if they're not in Brazil, they're out here in Southern California. I personally trained at John Jock Machado School. We had Hamel Name the dropper. And in Northridge, we have the Mendez brother in Orange County. We have, you know, the list goes on and on. We have Oslo from San Diego. I mean, I don't really think it's even possible to really talk shit about the Southern California jiu-jitsu scene. I do love that Joey turned what was a prompt to talk shit about where Kevin grows up and does jiu-jitsu into a humble brag session. Uh, <laughs> but considering <laughs> I live in Los Angeles, I'll allow it. Guys, I do have the results for you. Would you like to know? Yeah. Okay. Yes, you have to know. All right. The winner of this week's Over Under Kevin for UFC 189 with a staggering seven correct picks was 
the co-owner of the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, God Joey House. Damn it! Are you shitting me? <laughs> that was a perfect response, Joey. Thank you. I couldn't have staged that any better. As if I was a UFC member asking, uh, you know, Conor McGregor and Uriah Faber to just pass by each other without a camera crew. Now, here's the thing, Joey. Um, how do you feel? Because you got seven out of eleven. Now, I know we kind of talked about this on air, but now we can really uh, unveil like, what it unveil, was. Unveil my UFC expertise in the fact yes. that I haven't watched one. I and I this. can't even remember. Um, I knew some of the fighters on the card. Obviously, mm-hmm. Chad Mendez, Conor McGregor, because of all the hype. Other fighters I recognize from like earlier tough seasons. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I had no idea who anybody was. I looked at records, <laughs> and I made the best guesses I could possibly make. So, Joey, hold on. I know if you were to give a percentage of how many fighters you were actually familiar with, just roughly ballpark us. So we had – well, I don't even need to roughly ballpark it. Out of 11 fights, it's 22 fighters. I think I recognized like five names on that thing. <laughs> okay. So you had seven out of 11, which is a passing grade here in the United States. Um, oh, yeah. would, you, would you like to take a guess as to what your opponent had? I went with 7 out of 11. Let's go with 5 or 6 out of 11. Okay, Kev, what do you think you had? That's had to be 6 out of 11. Well, it is 6 if <sighs> you were to then minus 2 from it. What? You had 4 out of 11. How is that even right. possible? You ask yourself that every night when you go to bed. That is not a question for me. <sighs> Um. Okay. So we've we've unveiled this, Kevin. What's your response to all of this? Fuck you. Okay. Fuck well, this. don't take so this out on me. This. this is shitty UFC fighter matchup. Mm-hmm. I think the public's been upset about it for a while. Well, I'm gentlemen, upset about let, it let's now. talk about a, uh, some real quick harmony that the two of you had together. The two of you were right together on the Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald fight. Yeah. So take some happiness in that. And honestly, there was a weird part where. Kevin, you did call Conor McGregor winning, and you said it would be in the first round. You weren't quite right there. I was not quite right there. No. Um, You also referred to uh, Jeremy Stevens as a heater fight, and it did turn out he did win. So there was that. Um, Now, here's the thing, and I I will tell you this. Um, You know, I I have to give you a lot of credit here, Joey. You got 7 out of 11, which is pretty good. I it's so. not <laughs> nine <laughs> out of eleven, like some of us who write for First Slice do against Tim Kennedy. Oh shit! Which... Is that your score? No, that really? was my score. Yes, that was you 100% got nine. He got two. No, 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 no. <laughs> Tim actually ended up getting. I think it was eight out of eleven. Oh, so oh, uh, Tim it was oh. actually he bet me, and you would understand this as uh, being a man of the service. Tim Kennedy, very popular, very very nice guy. Uh, our bet was that Tim or I would have to do ninja shit in a video short after he made fun of Roy McDonald for showing off his nunchuck skills and went off on a tangent for about a good five minutes on that. And he was like, you know what? The bet is whoever does that has to do a video where they're just ninjas. And I was like, I agree to these terms. This is amazing. So look out for that on firstlice.com, you guys. All right, Joey, um, I know you got to get out of here. So any closing thoughts, any any words of suggestion you'd like like to give to Kevin? Oh, for 
fuck's sake. Kevin, oh, calm maybe, down. Maybe actually like watching UFCs and caring about these fights. It didn't help you. Over, it's very overrated. All you have to do is just make guesses and like your your odds dramatically increase apparently. <laughs> this is, is Kevin, is this crushing? Yeah. From the charming military purple belt with a competitive oh, career. Awesome. Yeah, it's mildly crushing, except like you know that. what? He's advancing at life on its best difficulty level. He's just continuing to ride good acts through. And some of us are working our way the longer route, sure. Mm-hmm. But I believe strongly I'm going to get 8 out of 11 on the next one, Raph. Well, you know what? Bless you for thinking that. Uh, Joey, uh, we want to thank you for participating in the game. We hope you had a good time doing it. Um, what can we help uh, help people mention and remember that's going oh, on that you're helping to put together? stupid L.A. Jiu-Jitsu Club bed and breakfast, okay. Island well, Paradise. Part of the game, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under the L.A. Jiu-Jitsu Club. And also next week, a week from today, Sunday, we are having uh, Jiu-Jitsu in the Park. Uh, it's a great team of people together. We're going to have, we're going to be at Griffith Park. We're going to have a bunch of mats, and it's going to be a bunch of people. We have a bunch of awesome sponsors. It's going to be a fantastic event. Everyone should go to it. And also, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, and I believe Twitter as well, under Jiu-Jitsu in the Park. And also look out for any seminars from the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club. We have a few coming up. Awesome. Awesome. And you you may or may not know who they are uh, coming up as as seminars. Kevin had a good question, though. Are you fighting anyone, Joey? Say that again? Are you fighting anyone? Am I fighting anyone? We can make that happen. Is that like a challenge from you, Kevin? I don't know. (laughs) First of all, it would be amazing. To be at Jiu-Jitsu in the park, but no. I just know you fought Eric last time, and I wasn't sure if you had I a super fight. I last time. Um, I even though it was a, it was a draw, and the the rematch is wanted by the people, it will not be happening at this, uh, at this next event. Okay. Boo! <laughs> These assholes. So well, you should for fight like... someone. It is always fun to watch you guys fight. So For those of us that are internet jiu-jitsu stalking jiu-jitsu in the park. <laughs> Well, obviously, Kevin, they are waiting to hold out for larger contracts, so they're waiting yeah. for that sweet, sweet pay-per-view I'll money. Work. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'll work on my commitment. Uh, well, Joey, thank you so much for stopping by, man. We really appreciate you making time to talk with us, and congratulations on your wonderful win against a very, oh, very easy-to-beat opponent. Thank you. It was hard work, but somehow I managed to do it. <laughs> So, Kev, uh, here's the thing that happens here. I didn't know that I had a family member going to the actual UFC 189 event. It just runs in your DNA that somebody has to get to UFC 189. It's like, this is going to be a huge card. And so the Esparza light goes up and it's like, who can make it? Yes. On on my dad's side, uh, yes. I'm sure somebody out there has to fulfill the fighting void. So, you know, I just happened to find out on Friday he's going, which begs the question, holy shit. 
who gets tickets to go at the last minute on a Friday and just decides to go the next day. But uh, that's how I roll. So let's go ahead and welcome my cousin Marty. Marty, how are you doing, man? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, man. So um, you experienced a lot uh, yesterday. What was your expectations going in to the UFC? Well, I figured there was going to be a lot of McGregor fans. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking the hype going into this was going to be all the bandwagoners from the U.S. that were loving on McGregor and that whole train that they had. What I didn't realize is probably three-quarters of that stadium, and I'm not even exaggerating here, was literally people from Europe and Ireland. It was insane. <laughs> Everybody we talked to had an accent, and it, it wasn't fake. And you could tell by how much alcohol was flowing in that place. That, <laughs> that it wasn't guys, fake. These guys came to party. <laughs> they did say that they broke uh, records for gate. And by gate, they usually mean how many people come in to watch it. Uh, there was no mention to how much alcohol records they were breaking with all of these Irish folks there. Um, was there a little bit more drunk element when you were going to this fight? As to, I know you've gone to other fights, but as compared to other fights, where people say, I don't know, 30% more drunk for some reason? There, there's like sipping on alcohol, then there's buzz, and then there's feeling pretty good, then there's insanely drunk, and then there's a different level of Irish. And we'll <laughs> say that Irish was all throughout this place. I mean, people... <laughs> I mean, if there was drunk driving for walking, people were having a good time going up the stairs. <laughs> so this is entertaining to me. So you decided, was this a last-minute decision, or did you have this in plan longer than I knew? Uh, I think I had it in plan longer than you. I found out about two or three weeks ago that my grandma, you know, she loves the MGM Grand, and they offered her a couple free tickets, and she asked me if I wanted to go. And even though I was ticked off at the way they uh, they did the whole Mayweather-Pacquiao event because I didn't get to see it because mm. uh, I didn't get there an hour beforehand and they locked the doors. I, I wasn't going to turn down free tickets to the McGregor fight. Well, yeah, of course. I can't believe we've gotten this far into this conversation before I could gotten to fucking hear what it was like when Sinead O'Connor came on. <laughs> Did you lose? We lost our minds at our house. Like We had people over. It turned into a mini impromptu party. And everybody was like, is that fucking Sinead O'Connor? Oh, you, and, and that just explains the power of McGregor. I mean, how many shows have these guys done? This is 189. They have fight nights. They have fight for the troops. They have all the off-the-wall cards. And this is the first time I've ever seen, like, affliction-style live entertainment going on in the stadium. Yeah, I – the part that really – Did you on, freak yeah. out? I didn't freak out at the mention of Sinead O'Connor because I knew that was happening, and that's fine. Oh, I, I was freaking out when she was ascending into heaven via platform because <laughs> that seemed to throw me off really bad. And Kevin, you know I have seen hundreds of shows yeah. and events. You're very and familiar I've with it. Even seen spectacles where people, you know, there's no staging that really is a surprise to me. But this was just unique. And especially when she's singing a song and you go, what's happening? Like, <laughs> this is this is certifiably weird and I don't really know if I know what's going on. Kev, were people excited? Because people at my viewing party did not think she performed well. 
Oh, we were in. We were just like, what the fuck is going on? I thought it was just going to be a normal, boring entrance. Mm-hmm. Sinead O'Connor. Okay, okay. Marty, what was the response there? If you're amongst all of those Irish, I mean, I Jesus, I can't even Alation. think. Well, I heard the first half of the performance, and it, it was kind of entertaining. The second they showed Connor... On the big screen, mm. I didn't hear another word they said. And then whoever that honky tonk guy was, I don't even know who that was. I didn't hear the first three quarters of his performance because they were screaming "Olay, Olay" and all these <laughs> other songs. But to be honest, you know what the crazy? These guys have songs and they all know the words, and you could tell who the Americans were because they were standing there like, "What are these people singing?" And it was like some kind of a ritual <laughs> chant, but the screen was just going off, and we couldn't hear anything else. So the the guy you're referring to is Aaron Lewis, the lead singer of Stained, who took me a second to go, is that the guy who sings It's Been a While? And then there was a very weird moment because it said him? he was a country is that where he's singer. From? Okay, yeah, I was like, he's from. country something. Yeah, he was like, this is a country strong song. And I was like, I don't know what any of this is happening. I just know Sinead's here. <laughs> Connor got escorted out. The dude who usually sings depressing songs is now doubling down and being like, oh, you think you can have a war chant? I will depress you, Sinead O'Connor. Hit it on three. Country. I don't know what this is about. And that was the end of it. So that was the walkout songs, which, as you mentioned, very unusual. I've seen it at wrestling events. I've seen it at, like, pride events. Uh, like, when pride fighting would do that, it was, it was similar to that. But that yeah. is the end of that on that, that comparison. Um, so the fight starts at any point. Are the Irish folks nervous? Because you may have seen Connor was a little bit exposed yesterday, uh, with no, the wrestling. I, when he got dude, taken. Was it me or did you guys think he looked nervous too? Absolutely. Yeah, he did. I actually he agree. Pale face walking in there. Yeah. He did look a little, he looked a little terrified, which is like the first time it had happened. But he also just kind of finally looked like he was taking it seriously, which was nice. Yeah. yeah. So when the first takedown happens, and it happens really quick, which I think really starts to make everybody there really nervous. Was there a, a, a shift in the crowd? Did they kind of get a little more mute or what happened? Um. Well, they kept chanting and singing and doing their songs and all that stuff. And then you could hear Let Him Up Pussy about <laughs> different directions. And they were, just, they were just taunt, at least in my section, they were just taunting Mendez. Like, it was like they were, they were chanting some stuff that I, I don't know how PG, PG-13 or R-rated this show is supposed to be. It's pretty He's R-rated, not, so okay, do what you need. Were, Marty, we let you on here when no. you said you were a 7 on the drunk scale in Vegas. <laughs> It's not a family yeah. show. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, 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 I'm trying not to be too vulgar here. You're doing great. Shit, the stuff they were saying to this guy, and that it it was like these guys didn't know which direction to go. They were yelling to get up, to punch him, and then you know they started hitting. You know they started hitting him, or Connor started hitting Mendez with those uh, with those like spike elbows. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my dad and said, you know, I think I think those are illegal. And then you hear from like. Ten directions around me. Shut up! It's fucking legal. Blah blah. <laughs> oh, God, sorry guys, I didn't mean to offend your fighter. Like, <laughs> well, it's only uh, Irish rule that uh, the most exciting fight is fifty percent going to happen in the ring or the octagon. Uh, yeah. So, 
thank God cooler heads prevailed. You take care of yourself nicely. But the last thing I need to hear is that you got into a fight at a fight. Um, so that's a relief for oh, no, me. No, and- it would have been bad news for me because I had Joe Ellenberger sitting behind me three chairs down <laughs> with one of the guys that fought on the Kimbo card. And they oh were all gosh. cheering for McGregor. So and even though I had money on Mendez, it was like I had to be careful about what I was saying in that stadium. I and you know, there's no quick way to say, guys, I bet on Mendez or McGregor. Wait, who am I around? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you kind of got to look around yourself. Like, now it was fun though, man. Like, the, I have a different level of respect for the Irish fans. Like, those guys showed up in force. I have to ask, they love their boy, point, they love him, they, they love, love, him. Him. love him. Did you at any well, point it's, it's start chanting along Anybody with him? On though? That card? That yeah. was carrying an Irish flag. I mean, Neil Fury came out. I'll be honest, I really didn't know who he was. And that town went berserk for him as well. And he was the second guy from the card. Damn. Yeah. So it you're was, saying anyone, I, like, did you at any point think about just, like, donning some Irish on it? I, well, Cause... I actually wore my shirt that had, like, a, it says Lucky on it. And then it had a little, uh, a little shamrock, so... I felt like I was kind of part of the crew because people were high-fiving me on the way. Well, as someone that's 15 to 25% Irish, depending on the week, I decide yeah. to brandish it. I felt personal pride. So, <laughs> Yeah. Did, did, did I tell you the story about our grandfather after the fight? No. No. Oh, my God. Wait. Okay, oh, so you're in Raph's grandfather. Sorry. I got confused for a second. Morning. I'm back. This is an 80-year-old man that uses a walker, Okay. <laughs> And he's going up to his room to go to bed around midnight. And he's surrounded by a bunch of Irish people. They get in the elevator. He gets out to go to his floor. And the group of Irish people is like, no, 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 you're not leaving. You're not going back to your room. They pull him back in the elevator by his walker and walk him to their room on a different floor and force him to come to an after party at their suite. Here's an 80 year old man on his walker. That's fucking amazing. And the crazy part is he actually stayed for a while. (laughs) No, I had no idea that story happened. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. You know, and then then me and my dad are walking out of the fights after the whole thing's said and done. And these two Irish people come walking up. And this guy is like stumbling all over the place. His friend's holding him up. And he turns around and goes, I lost my friend. Have you guys seen him? And I was like, sorry, Chief, I can help you look for him. He's like, well, good. His name's Jose Aldo. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to see everybody got the note cards that they were supposed to do as many Aldo jokes as possible. Which is great. I'm glad that went really well with the brochures. Yeah. God, Jesus. Now I'm thinking about the family members. I I mean, Marty, you know that. Our family is three times more likely to hear this show now that you're on it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to apologize for cursing to the family because we have a lot of family members. But I will tell you guys, if you don't think that's a great story and you are a member of our family, you're you're excommunicated. You're out. That's too good. (laughs) (laughs) He got circled in to go party. That's amazing. (laughs) I like that you guys excommunicate people too. That's not just enough. Yeah, after the uh, after the fight ended and he knocked him out, I've never seen my dad drink a lick of alcohol. He didn't that night, but he was covered in 
different kinds of liquor and beer because at $10 a beer, they probably had about $10,000 worth of alcohol go flying in the air as soon as what? McGregor knocked that guy out. I mean, that stadium was awesome. I'll try. I don't have footage of that, but I have footage of some of the other stuff. I'll try and send it to you tomorrow when I get home. Okay. It was it was insane in there. Yeah. No. The reason this all came about is Marty sends me uh, a like a small video of what's happening, and it looks like it's the UFC kind of uh, the area at the MGM is where the fight took place, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So it looks like there. No, this yeah, is outside geez. of just a casino, yeah. and I see this footage of. The Irish chanting, ole, 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 and oh, just jumping. Fuck. Like, they're just so happy. So, like, what else oh, are you oh, supposed geez, to do? That, that wasn't just outside the casino. That was in the dead smack center of the casino. And there were a <laughs> few hundred guys jumping all over the place. You had guys coming out of there wearing nothing but their underwear. Like, I don't know Whoops. what made them strip inside of a big group of Irish men. But, mm. yeah, it was... It was. Did you see the TMZ coverage of it? I tried to keep as much of it as possible as uh, a native experience, so I could ask you as many things as I could. No, I did not see. What did I miss from them? Oh no, no, they were. I mean, they were. I don't know how you get away with throwing beer in the air and putting people on people's shoulders and throwing people in the air in the in the middle of a casino lobby in Vegas. But that's the power of the Irish. I mean, they it, what. There were security guards standing at the edge of it, and they're all kind of looking at each other like, let's just let it happen and burn out. It was like a riot. <laughs> uh, Kev, what was you see- your nervous scale on a like one to ten <laughs> that at any point you would end up in an Oz episode from HBO's like you could be in a prison break moment? Are you talking to me or are you talking to Kevin? I'm. This is Kevin. I'm talking to you, Marty. I want to know scale of one to ten. How close were you to like thinking you could go to jail at any point, or that this was going to erupt into an Irish prison break? I, I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for some hot little young uh, Irish girl, but I just didn't find one, unfortunately. Oh, damn it! So <laughs> Marty's like, I missed all the fights. I was busy. I was. Just... Yeah, Marty. Oh, no, I'm I, sorry I, to tell you, I, I, they I were on a. Dr- I was chanting away with my friends in the middle of all that, but. It was, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't about to go to jail over this. I tried to keep my clothes on for the most part. Well, good for you. That's a, that's a good family tradition we try and start. I would like to say, though, that there's a reason why you didn't have any uh, young women around. They were all given the directive to go to Conor McGregor's suite or oh, to really? all of the after parties. All because 36 of them. I'll tell you this much. that International Fight Week, and I'm sure you can attest to a little bit of this, brings everybody in the world out there. So those poor girls have been partying at pools, at after club parties. You think that's They're easy? Tired. Yeah. yeah. All day. All day. Punishing you, dude. Bees. There was there was the prime rib of the meat market out here. It was it was something different. And there were, <laughs> there are freaking fighters all over the place. I and it's funny because you see a fighter walking along and he's a UFC guy, and then as soon as he gets noticed, it's like. It just bursts into like a little like pow- powwow circle, and you see fifteen different girls, and you suddenly realize how uh-huh. unimportant you are at that moment. <laughs> that sounds amazing. What other fights st- really stood out to you? Did you see how busted up their faces were? Um, I would say for me, 
I mean, the uh, the Brad Ticket fight was that one was fun. I mean, for a guy to come in as like a, I think it was like a seven to one dog or something like yeah. that, and he almost knocked out Almeida. I mean, that kid went twenty and zero last night. He he struck out pretty well, and then uh, uh, you know, Matt Brown did his thing, Swift did his thing. Um, probably the other one that really surprised me that was really fun for everybody else was the Bermuda's fight. I mean. There was no, you know, Irish in that fight. It was Bermudas against Stevens, and they had those guys. They had the crowd going nuts. Yeah, that was a fantastic fight. Uh, I had to ask you this because I was intrigued what it looked like in person. Uh, the UFC did a PowerPoint presentation on the mats. How did that look? Uh, oh, on the on the mat. Oh yeah, when they did that whole show. Uh, they basically did a whole PowerPoint presentation. There was video footage. It was all done in the octagon. Did you guys see any of that? Or, I mean, did you, like, go to the restroom at this point? No, I, I, I saw it. I mean, trust me, I was running to the bathroom, you know, to grab a drink because I didn't want to drink it on my dad. But <laughs> if, you, if, if you look, it was confusing. Like, and we were looking at them, and, like, they went in with this big white tarp and you know, it was between fights, and me and my dad looked at each other like, what are they doing? Like, are they disinfecting the mat or something? Yeah. And then you see, like, some kind of show go on with even more, like, promo in the middle of the fight, and I was just like, this is something new. I mean, I mean they just hired some big marketing company, so I'm, I'm wondering if that was a part of it or what, what their plan is with that or if that's going to be a normal thing or if that's just a Conor McGregor thing. They were trying to make it special. Well, I mean, it was obviously their July card is their biggest card of the year. But for whatever reason, and Kevin, I think you can attest to this, um, the electronic show looked like we were just a hologram away from getting Tupac to show up. I wanted them to have the president start playing dodgeball in the (laughs) octagon. All of a sudden, Lincoln Mm -hmm. throws one at Washington. That's what I was regaling my guests with, and they got very bored. It was so weird. I mean, Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you guys this. I was watching the Waller McDonald fight yeah. there, and it's one thing to watch it from up in the stands, and, and they have the they have the screens and whatnot. Who did you guys think was winning that fight going into the fifth? Because I mean, it was kind of up in the air with everybody in the stadium, depending on how many of each fighter they were seeing. Kev, okay, I'll let you take that one first. I would definitely say it was in the air. I, I really felt it was too. I didn't feel like anyone was dominating the fight. I thought Rory had won at least one round. I thought Lawler had won at least one round, but you could have talked me into either at that point, honestly. Like that's what was frustrating about that fight. The first few rounds of that fight were really frustrating. Yeah, and Marty, are you going maybe I'm gonna ruin you here, but are you trying to allude as if maybe it was a lopsided decision up until that point on the cards? Um, not so much, but I was just kind of, I mean, from where I was sitting, I, I took that Roy took one, three, and four. I thought three was a lot closer till, till he did what he did at the end of that round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he had Lawler freaking out on his feet, at least from where I was sitting. Then he, he did. Came out in the, I definitely agree with that. Then he came out in the fourth and the first minute to minute and a half of that round, I thought Lawler was going down again and... That dude is just tough. As, I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of back when Lawler fought Manpuff, and Manpuff just about ripped his front foot off, and yeah. then he just threw that strike and just put him flat on his head. But I, mean, I didn't know if you guys saw it the same way. Like, I, gave, I gave the first round to Rory, I mean, even though it was kind of a lackluster round. The second Very round lackluster. Went, yeah, Very the lackluster. The second round went to Lawler, definitely. 
Then three and four, I gave to McDonald because of those flurries. And then five, I mean, we all saw what happened. That was <laughs> yes. Five, we're still waiting on the results for right now. But um, no, we think the, it's going to be pro Rory. We think it's, uh, I don't know, things are looking good for Robbie, um, except for his mouth. But here's the thing, guys. <clears throat> this is what the official fight card said. Afterwards, they released that uh, McDonald had rounds one, three, and four uh, from all the judges. So he was close. To okay. pulling off something. I was almost maybe willing to concede. He was close. Two to two. He was very close. <laughs> yes, Kevin. I'm like, I feel like Matlock. I don't know why you revealed it. I still feel like <laughs> Matlock. Yes, Kevin, you got to the bottom of that one. He, uh, Raph, hold on. I, me thinks I feel a clue coming. You go ahead. Oh, good job. No, I mean, I was just amazed that. You know, I, I wasn't even amazed that that was the score, but I had it closer and mostly is because I think a lot of us were looking at damage and wondering how much of a factor that played into it. Obviously, Rory is a technical machine and was implementing a game that let, that first round was definitely closer to what he wanted to make that fight. But as that fight got longer and dirtier, it only goes into the hands of Robbie Lawler, who makes the most out of those fucking moments, because that was... We saw. Jesus, by the time he starts breaking his nose, and we later find out that Rory broke his nose in the first round, and then he later admitted he also broke his foot. Because I wanted to say, maybe it was the second or third round, he threw up a leg kick, and it was just like nothing to it. And I go, uh-oh. This does not look good. It was one of those fights I'm glad I'm a jiu-jitsu fighter. I was like, yeah, no oh, shit, man. That fucking, Jesus, that looks brutal. God damn. Yeah. One thing I will say though is I felt like I felt like Rory made it whatever pace he wanted until yep. that fifth round, and then I felt like Lawler just kind of threw caution in the wind and went after him. Which, to be honest, when he came out, I thought that was going to be bad for him because, like you said, you know McDonald's such a technician. I I thought that he was going to be able to counterpunch him and put him away at that point, but Robbie is just—I mean—that guy is like the freaking Terminator. So like, the more you yeah. hurt him, the harder he throws. Yeah. I was, you know, I was impressed with the way he was starting the fight, but that then how Terminator as I saw... works because if that's the case, this next movie is about to throw its hardest punch ever. Oh my god! Yeah, Sing. Kept, topical kept humor his, thirty here at his Terminator Two slash Four review. Hmm. Uh, Marty, <laughs> let me ask you this: Were there any kind of closing things that happened in the prelims that we didn't see? Anything? Uh, any other observations that were a little out of the norm from your own experience? Because you you had high praise for this. Um, I mean, I hate to say it because I'm, I'm a big fight fan and I like, I, I'm a fan of not just, you know, people beating the pulp out of each other, but I like the technical side of it. And there really wasn't anything early on in the card that was very impressive. I mean, the, the Sedanio Fister fight, I mean, it seemed like Fister was just trying to wrestle him and survive, which he did. The Siri fight was just him trying to survive getting you know, choked out because, I mean, Smolka just basically beat him up and took his back whenever he wanted. And then Garbrandt, I mean, I think he was kind of a, I think he was probably the biggest letdown for the UFC, at least that night, because it seems like they're trying to build him up. I mean, he's training at an alpha male with those guys. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like he's got that pretty boy face and all the tattoos. I mean, if they're trying to get those Inland Empire girls on his side, I mean, he didn't do a whole lot to the guy that he was a four-to-one favorite over. <laughs> I love uh, for those of you not in California, the Inland Empire girls. I, I had no idea what he was. Are my just, favorite. Uh, 
Are they they're your favorite? Why are they your favorite, Marty? Oh, the tattoos all over the place. A shower once a week. It's beautiful. <laughs> they also routinely look like they're on meth. So you really do spin the bottle on that one for your luck and STDs. But Jesus, more power to you, kid. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that you were able to be our live correspondent. Um, Me too. Was, this was great, Marty. Super helpful to us because we only saw what we saw on TV and we knew it was a fun experience there. But as you started to talk a little bit about you, the things you were seeing and the videos, I was like, God damn it. We need to talk. ASAP, we need to get this on the podcast. So we thank you for stopping by, dude. Oh, no worries, man. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Not a problem, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, my little cousin Marty. Esparza, what a podcast. What a condensed mic podcast. Mm. 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 Joey mm. Haas, as attractive <laughs> as he seems. Mm-hmm. Your cousin, Marty, is great. That was fantastic. Yep. I'm so jealous he was there. Yeah, you can tell no, him he I... could feel the Irish. He feels a little bit, but you could just hear it in his voice. He's like, you know, those Irish. Just... Marty's worked at a bar, specifically an Irish bar before, so... I don't really know that that's uh, a, bi- a giant surprise to him, but I think he handles the element quite well. Uh, he's good people, and uh, I'm I'm excited, dude. He trains well as well. He's killing people out there on the mats, and I'm looking forward to training with him again real soon. So, yeah, you get to train with him too. A little bit, yeah. He's man, he's kind of a killer. I don't know if you know this, Kev. I did not know this. Oh yeah, he's good. I wish you're supposed to. Warn me when we talk to anyone with martial arts training, which is usually. Well, I mean, he's got more than just jujitsu. He's actually even more wrestling and MMA based. But I won't go into it, Kev. He could just probably hurt you. Well, is what I guess I'm saying. Yeah. My family's a big deal, dude. I You're really, right. I don't know how other to say this, but I do have to interrupt your your love fest parade because. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're doing this. We're not going to be able to cover the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, the Ultimate Fighter finale. It's happening right now, but like nobody watched that season. Let's just be real. Uh, which is all the more reason why they're giving Connor and Uriah as a hope to maybe get people to watch on Fox Sports Juan, which I think it'll pay off. I think people will be interested to see Connor McGregor. And honestly, I am. I think that it, they will make interesting coaches. So hopefully, they play it off well. It will be. Equally, if not more entertaining, considering they're not fighting each other. But, Kev, I want to uh, bring some breaking news to you right now. We talked a little bit earlier about what your instructor, Andrew, said about uh, – what was it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What happened? What did you do? Did You you clicked. You sent me something, you a-hole. You know what you did. (laughs) Well, explain it to the people. It's a bloody guy. You <laughs> and? He spits blood he in his face. It's disgusting. It's our friend Josh. That's Josh the man from The Ultimate Fighter Season 17. Did this just happen? Seasons. Yes, this just happened. So oh. explain what happens. Josh, I'll give you context. Josh beat him with a rear naked choke. And it was deep and 
you know, it looked bad. So the weird part is Josh was doing it where he was kind of climbing on top of him. They're standing and he gets one of those where they lean back and I think he might have tapped on the way down. But Josh kind of loses a little bit of the grip, regrips, gets the rear naked choke back again. And when he's tapping, the dude's flailing around. So I think you could see that maybe that dude is a little pissed at Josh the man as if he was holding the submission a little too tight. Yeah. He's flailing when he taps out. But Josh says – You knew that was going to squee me out. Mission yes. accomplished. You're welcome. Now the real reason here is because <sighs> you know, you've got uh, – these two had been talking some mess between each other as they do on fights. So it's not a surprise. But Kev, explain what happens from your perspective from here on out. Um, with these two? Mm-hmm. Well, he goes to shake his hand, and um, not Josh Simone's is super bloody all over his face. Like, his face looks uh, beaten up. And he kind of, like, throws his face at him, and Josh Simone just walks off. He's just like, screw it, as they're... John, and McCarthy, Big John McCarthy does look to be giving him a little bit of the, hey, don't be a douche. Absolutely. Yeah. So that happened. That was probably the most notable thing. Uh, that happened over at the Ultimate Fighter Night. Uh, everybody is not enjoying that. From the cage side to everybody is like, ew. No. Um, Jorge Mazdaval got a really cool KO. Uh, Michelle Watterson, Kev, are you familiar with her? No. She's great. And she got put in a real deep armbar that uh, she basically was able to finagle her way because she's bendy. Uh, she is also known she's in many great. circles as the karate hottie, but uh, she's – man, she's tough as nails. Comes back and ends up submitting uh, somebody who was recently on The Ultimate Fighter, Angela Magna. So it was a great fight. Credit to her and uh, a credit to our friend Josh. That was really cool to see him do it up big. So that's going to kind of do it. I mean Josh uh, – Stephen Thompson awesome. beat up uh, Jake Ellenberger with a spinning hook uh, kickback and – there's that. So that's kind of what went down today. At a the hard thing to do. Fight. Yeah. Uh, so that, that'll do it for that. But Kev, um, did you happen to see any of our memes that we put up? A few of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We put up some good memes. You've uh, been memeing the shit out of it. We, we've been trying to do a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, you know what's great when you see memes? When you see your meme with credit given to you and a link back to your site? Oh, man, that's the best. Uh, you know what's not great is when you see someone take the same joke and do it elsewhere. Oh, so, that is – that can be crushing. But, but you know, Kev, I – we do comedy, yeah, right? That is our thing. That is our thing. And we, we live in a world where jokes get stolen sometimes. But I'm also not dumb enough to think that we're always going to have the most original idea. But, you know, two times in a row in one night, it's a little interesting. So, uh, but we are not strangers to parallel development, so we'll chalk it up to that. But we're just saying to our friends who do memes, look out for yourselves, protect yourselves. You got to keep an eye out on the horizon. It's the wild, wild west out here. So, uh, you know, just a nice, friendly reminder, you guys. Hopefully, you do your own jokes, and that's it. But uh, we're always happy to plug and reshare all of the ones that we think are funny. So, hopefully, other people are doing that elsewhere. So. Thanks a lot, you guys. Actually, we got a lot of really great feedback. Uh, the two that were in question were actually... The one in question is Rory going in as Voldemort. 
Yeah, so basically we just said, as I was sitting there watching our viewing party, I go, oh shit, his nose is gone. Is he going after Harry Potter next? What's happening? Uh, so that was one. The other one was we put up one, and I felt bad about this one, but this one wasn't one that they lifted. But uh, for those people who didn't see what it was, we basically put a meme of Marsha Brady getting hit in by the nose. Also, as uh, in case you didn't see the Roy McDonald Robbie Lawler fight. Uh, the other one that was also used by some other people out on the internet was uh, I don't know if you saw, but part of Robbie Lawler's mouth was kind of missing. Yeah, his so. A piece of his lip. Yep. So we definitely did the, you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Which we were highly entertained with. So anyway, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I hope you guys have been enjoying them. We, we tend to put out a little bit and have a little fun as things are going on. But uh, we were especially inspired yesterday as all those things were going. So that's what I've got for there, Kev. Um, man, there's so much news going on that... We will we will table some of this and we'll come back to it on the next podcast. But I think as a whole, we were what we were pleased with the way UFC one eighty nine went down. Pretty pleased, yeah, very pleased. That's good stuff. Great fights. We'll definitely have a lot to talk about in terms of implications of what this means. So, you know, I don't think we're done here. And I mean, we've only seen the beginning of the Reebok sponsorship with the mm-hmm. UFC. And Looking Kev, good. there's definitely some pros and cons because. Some of the gear looks pretty cool. I agree. And then some of the gear looks like it doesn't fit the fighters. Some of the gear doesn't fit the fighters. That's also a suit. Some of the gear's mm-hmm. a little big. Some of it's a little small. <laughs> so a lot going on. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for the first one. We'll come back and revisit it as I we like seem plan. to see it go on. Uh, but that'll do it for my notes for International Fight Week. And uh, there's two events coming up this week, you guys. There's going to be uh, UFC on Wednesday night. So keep an eye on that one. It's basically going to be Frank Mir fighting Dupree. That's the way they, they announced it on Fox Sports Live commercials. They're like, Frank Mir versus this guy, Dupree. You know him? Yeah, he's there. Uh, and then on f- Saturday, they're doing a UFC on Fox. So keep an eye out on those. We'll try and do a little bit of that on the next show as well. And I'm completely in on this next area of the Ultimate Fighter. I just want that noted. And I shouldn't be, but I am. What's that? So it worked. Just saying. Hey, <laughs> I was learning some tornado guards. You damn right I was. Oh. I'm not going to give you the specifics. You don't get to know about the exact few wrist locks and variations we were talking about at all. No, 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 no. Tell the audience that too, Kevin. No, I'm not going to. But needless no, to tell say, them what Correa you told was me on about fire. That. I'm just saying you'll get to find them out when we roll. Mm-hmm. And not until is that, that time. Is that what you were telling me on the phone when you Maybe. called me? Maybe I was just explaining okay. that we learned some things and I was going to table telling you about them until such Which time as I can show you in person. That way we are, you know, on the same page. Mm-hmm. Hey, you had some you were holding too, so I don't want to hear it. I, I, Kevin, I am, if nothing, super honest on this show about all the moves I ever learned, which That's, I don't learn a lot. So there you go. Sure. Well, come out and train with us. You can learn these <laughs> things and more out here in the Chantillivier. BJJ Finder is the site. Hey, here's what I'm talking about. Loving seeing the promos for this five grappling stuff. I'm kind of excited about some of these fights coming up, Ref. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. What are you most excited for? Uh, Tone and Meow Nogi. It's funny you mentioned that. We may have some folks that we're going to get to talk to in the next couple of weeks who may be, or may not be involved. We'll see. I don't know. 
I'm in. I'm in. And that's uh, going to do it for me on the shout outs. Sweet. Uh, let's go ahead and start by shouting out the Valley Martial Arts Center. Be back. Feedback. <laughs> uh, great amount of training going down there. They hosted a very nice tournament yesterday. It was the whiteout number three. Uh, I was unfortunately unable to go to it, but I heard lots of great things. Everybody was very happy. We had a white belt double elimination tournament. And uh, man, do I get to roll with some killers because I got to see a side of them in some of this footage I've seen of the way they're rolling. And I go, man, they don't. Oh, shit. They must be taking it easy on me because that's that's pretty deadly right there. So very proud of our white belts and uh, everybody who came through. I'm, I'm really happy everybody had a good time, gotten a lot of good feedback, and everybody who helped on behalf of Valley Martial Arts Center. It's always great when we get good people to come through. So I want to shout them out. I also want to shout out uh, our good friend, Mr. John Evans. Because so of Kev, his great smile. Yeah, I mean, you know, John's more than just a smile. You know that. Is he? Mm. Uh, yeah. John uh, was very nice and actually uh, allowed us to come see the fights at his place. So that was not only just great, but guess who we got to meet? The trio that used to back up Elvis in Memphis. No, no, not so much. Uh, We got to meet baby Jevons. Oh, little Jevons. Little Jevons. Yep. It was uh, was an amazing meeting of the minds. Um, I got to introduce myself to him. And the first thing I said was, hey, what's up? I'm your father's funniest friend. Always remember that. <laughs> and uh, I got to interview him several times throughout the evening's proceedings, asking Good who he call. was favoring, Chad Mendez or Conor McGregor. He seemed a little more in the Conor McGregor. I was curious. Uh, does he have his dad's natural instinct on not predicting the fights correctly, or is he a little <laughs> bit more astute? Uh, well, I'm sure if he's anything like his dad, he would beat you at predicting fights because that's what his dad has done. But also... Uh, Kev, it's more worrisome than that. So Kelly was holding him. Kelly was playing with him. Oh, Oh, he does have the eyes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, John had been telling us that he's got great grips. But next thing I know, I see him, you know, Kelly's playing with him a little bit. And he starts to grab Kelly's sleeve. And like, rip it. And I said, John... What the shit are you doing? <laughs> you mean to tell me in like seven years this little shit's good? Oh, sorry, I don't you, like Joe Jevin. No, I'm with kid, you. Your animosity is 100 on point. The one that breaks me down, the one that kills me, John. Like it's bad enough that you beat me up all the time, but now I've got this to worry about. No, it's too much. So I'm anyway. pissed off here, Raph. I don't need to worry Quack. about this kid. Choking me out with my own arm. Dude, I, like, I had explained it to Kelly, and Kelly goes, oh, that's awesome. And then she looks at me, and she goes, oh, my God, he does have a good grip. And John, you just see, normally is that concerned parent, but he just has a big smile on his face. Like, he does. And it's like, shut up, John. Nobody asked you. So That's hilarious. Well, you know, I also want to thank somebody else who was at uh, the viewing party. I want to thank my good friend, uh, Michael, Michael Costa, who – is a really great training partner and uh, super nice. So today it was kind of a, a small open mat. I like to attribute it to both the people tired from the whiteout and probably going to drink afterwards in the fight. 
so it was only like three of us today at the open mat. And I asked him the day before, I was like, are you coming tomorrow to come train? He goes, yeah, I go awesome. He gets there, we train and he pushes really, really hard. So that's the kind of, of good training part I like. And I was like, dude, I'm glad you came. He's you like, do oh, tend yeah. to like the bullies. You tend to like people that'll beat you up a little bit. I like people who will do things that I cannot yeah. because that makes your game better. Sure. And if people are at least a little bit more aggressive than me or do something that's better than me in a certain realm, I want to learn it from them. And uh, he was very gracious. He taught us some really cool things that he learned because Gev, the thing is, he used to train in the 209. Do you know what that means? Is that the Diaz brothers? Mm-hmm. Oh, I nailed it. Wait. Okay, hold on. Stop being excited about you, Kevin. What is that? Does he have insider info about what's going on with the uh, the uh, the doping? Like the, like the no, he, I mean, I, I've never gotten there. I've only okay. asked for techniques. But today he hooked us up with some when he went back up north, and uh, the techniques were good. And uh, they were really, really solid. So I got a really good amount of uh, experience in doing that. And he's always just a really nice guy. So I always look forward to training with him. So, Mike, man, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. And let's also shout out Keenan because, you know, when I was heading to the viewing party yesterday, Kev. He just never gets the recognition he deserves. He never does. The jujitsu's golden child is just, just <laughs> vastly <laughs> overlooked in every way possible. Uh, Keenan did a really funny thing, which is he did a promo for five grappling, which again, we're excited for, but at the very end of it, he just goes, Oh, and, uh, Hey guys, uh, don't forget it's a national Slurpee day too. And then drinks a Slurpee. Well, you better believe I went to go get my free Slurpee yesterday and I haven't had a Slurpee in what, five years. And it was glorious. So thank you, Keenan. That's, that is, that does feel good. That makes my soul feel a little cooler. And you know, Kev, we just barely made the cutoff for the Slurpee. Holy shit. It was only till 7 p.m. We didn't know that. We get there, and we're on our way to go see the fights. And the weird part about it is the guy who's behind the counter, we go to get the free Slurpee, and I'm buying beer to take over to John's. And the guy goes, hey, man, you want a pizza? And I go, no, thank you. Okay, so you want a $3.99 pizza, right? Nope. Said I didn't. Thank you. Okay, here's the pizza, and then he gets back up from another cashier who comes over and goes, yeah, three ninety nine, and then you get two scratchers. Let me go ahead and cut off the scratchers for you. And I'm like, guys, for fuck's sake, I have said no three times. I am not going to take your fucking pizza. Bring me over a pizza, and I will say your no fucking scratchers, though that is a pretty good deal. But also, no, I'm not going to get your fucking 7-Eleven pizza. Thank you. <laughs> good day. But I will take your free service. Day it's is that how you end that? It's that usually end? how I end most of my conversations with people. So uh, my thanks to everybody there, uh, the viewing party, uh, Valley Martial Arts Center, Breakdown Academy, and uh, also our good friends at Submission Series Pro. We're glad you guys had an event. I cannot wait to see the footage. Apparently, we're gonna have to wait another day because the footage was in their luggage, and maybe an airline got it lost. Oh. But Never. apparently there was a tie between Tom DeBlas and Yao Asis, and oh, I want to see that because Tom was hugely, hugely uh, complimentary of the game that they were both playing. So I, I want to see that. Oh, fuck yeah, I do too. Yep. And that'll do it for me. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Oh, <laughs>